0: So maybe in a month, checking back in and just saying, hey, we miss you, we miss you seeing yeah. you. You know, It doesn't need right. to be a sell. It needs to be more caring about the people first over everything else. And that, I think that does make an impact on people.
1: Welcome to subscription Scale, sponsored by Rebar Technology. Join us each week to hear from industry leaders in the subscription space, share their best tips and stories and learn how you can up-level your subscription business today. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Subscription Scaled. I'm your host, Nick Frederick. With me today is Camille McCullum, who is the president and co-founder at Body Bar Pilates. Camille, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
1: Of course, thank you for joining us. So I guess for our listeners that don't know, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you guys came to start Body Bar Pilates.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As you said, Camille McCollum, I am, yes, the president of Body Bar Franchising, but I'm also an owner of three Body Bar locations myself. So I have two locations in Fort Worth, Texas, and one in Plano, Texas, which is right north of Dallas, a suburb north of Dallas. So yes, I'm from Texas. I'm sure you'll hear a y'all and a little bit. of. An <laughs> I'm in Nashville.
1: I hear it all the time. Don't worry about okay, it. Okay, okay. <laughs>
0: My husband and I opened Body Bar Fort Worth back in 2016. I had a one-year-old at the time and a two-year-old all the time. So I always have to kind of go by their dates of birth. 15, And then 16, that was my fourth child, basically. And so we started that back then and had one location in Body Bar. At that time, we were a franchise location. So the first Body Bar was started in Dallas and they had decided to franchise. So we opened a location in Fort Worth and we were a franchise location there. We, over a couple of years of figuring out a really good sales process, marketing, we really kind of grew that studio. And the franchisor at the time asked us, My husband and I take over Body Bar Franchising. So we had a great opportunity to do that. We took about a year of business planning for us because we really wanted to franchise the system because we believed in the product and believed in the membership model of fitness studios is so important. It's great to be able to always know what revenue you have coming in every single month. And so we knew that we could really scale this quickly and cross United States. So we took on, I became the president of Body Bar Franchising about June of 2019. We started selling franchises all the way up until 2020.
1: And then, and then. A lot of things.
0: <laughs> everybody kind of, I think their whole life revolves around pre-2020 and after 2020. Right. We still were able to sell franchises during that time. And we actually opened our second location in Fort Worth during that time, also. We opened in August of 2020, which was a very interesting time to open a fitness studio mm-hmm. uh, just with all of the different COVID restrictions and everything. But we are risk takers and we just jumped in and did that. But during that time, as a franchisor, we were able to sell locations in Utah, in Missouri, in Florida and in Georgia all during that time. So the brand was still growing and people can still just look at the business model and see that it made sense. Take a class, get became in, just in love with the product. And so we have continued to franchise over these last few years. We have 14 locations open now and we will open by the end of next year. I believe we should have close 25 to 30 locations open by then all over the United States. We've got Chicago. We've got Florida is blowing up. Jordan, the Atlanta area is crazy busy. We've got the Carolinas. So we're just all over California. So we're really excited about the growth of Body Bar Pilates.
1: Lots of follow-up questions there. But (laughs) let me start with, you opened your first one. You said it was 2016 when you had two small kids at home?
0: Two small kids. And then I also had a 13-year-old. So...
1: Okay. So my question there is, what the hell were you thinking?
0: I know. <laughs> I just can't sit still. So I just decided yeah. that I needed one more thing to do. Now, at the time, whenever we started looking at opening a business in general, I love health and wellness. I run a marathon. I've always was a big runner, but I can't really make a lot of money off of running. I didn't really mm-hmm. want to put a restaurant. So, and I love healthy food. So we the market for reformer Pilates. It's a huge there's just not enough Pilates studios for the demand of reformer Pilates. So for us, it was just a smart business decision for us to take on something that was at the time was kind of just starting to grow across the United States. Club Pilates is the largest national Reformer Pilates brand. And so we could just see like this is something that I could love and I could enjoy doing for a job. But it was also an investment into something that we felt like was worthwhile and that was going to definitely be able to continue to grow as people just continue to be exposed to it.
1: So tell me a little bit about Reformer Pilates, because I'm not familiar with that kind of subset of it. I mean, I've taken Pilates classes before, of course, but not that. And why was that trend worth investing your time and money in?
0: So Reformer Pilates uses a machine called a Reformer. and. There's lots of benefits of Pilates in general, but also benefits of using a reformer. It has some springs that are weighted. So you can have support while you're doing exercises, or those springs can be used as tension to make it yeah. more challenging depending okay. on the exercise. At Body Bar Pilates, what we do is we take former Pilates, some kind of just classical movements, but then we intensify them to make high intensity classes. So That's we have seven different class formats. We've got two that are kind of a lower intensity class so that the people that don't want to get their heart rate up or they don't need to really, we call it, embrace the shake or really kind of burn out those muscles. They mm-hmm. have two class formats that or is a great open door for them and really focused on form. But then with our other high intensity classes, you're able to get your heart rate up. You're able to have time under tension in these different moves so that you work on Those long lean muscles, you're toning, you're strengthening the core and all aspects of your body, but also kind of keeping it from bulking up, which is a lot of females are that way, but also a lot of men as they get older, there's no need to like squat 500 pounds, you know, let's just stay strong. And it incorporates just naturally stretching and flexibility, which is also yes. very helpful for men and women. As we grow, my grandfather was so hunched over by the end of his life. And the doctor said it's his hamstrings are so tight, his back right. can't straighten up. So yeah. keeping that Pilates is just great for longevity of life.
1: So your target demographic then, does it kind of run the gamut or are you more targeting maybe older generations and those that don't want to go to the typical weightlifting gym, I guess? Right. Across right.
0: So we have a very, pretty large demographic because we have the low intensity and we have the high intensity classes. Yes, you're definitely focused on more people that enjoy class-based workouts versus going to a box gym where they can kind of do their own workout. And right now our system is probably about 90% women, but we're seeing more and more men that are feeling more comfortable to come to class and enjoying those classes. But because of the range of our classes, I'll have high school athletes. We have, there's been NFL athletes, major league baseball players that enjoy taking our classes, young professionals. And then you've Mm -hmm. got 75 year old women that, and men that come in and they still, they may be doing the lower intensity classes, but not always. Sometimes they're in those higher intensity classes because they've been doing it for so many years. So we have a really wide range.
1: Yeah, so then talk a little bit about how you're reaching those target customers, obviously. And you might expect majority women What channels are you relying on? I assume word of mouth is a pretty big channel for you guys, but what else are you using?
0: Word of mouth is, those are the easiest ones to close, of course, but we definitely are a huge driver is just using digital social media marketing in Google search. So it actually just had an article come out last weekend in DFW, they showed the top 10 most googled things for people that are in the DFW area and Dallas-Fort Worth, Pilates was number four. So people are searching for Pilates. So just one example, but I'm sure across the United States and other metro areas, that is the case. And that's what we're seeing when we open new locations, people are flooding to those. So yes, word of mouth, digital marketing. And then we at Body Bar believe a lot into about community, building community within our studios, We've been mm-hmm. being part of the community outside of your location. So we do a lot of community outreach, setting up at farmer's markets, going to support, hosting a table and passing out water bottles at races, doing different things out and about because we know that will also drive more customers, branding, and then that word of mouth starts to happen more.
1: That makes sense. What are you seeing in terms of? I hear this a lot that, especially on the digital marketing side, those customer acquisition costs are just continuing to go up and up and up. I mean, are you seeing that trend? And are there any alternatives that you're exploring to maybe bring that number down?
0: Absolutely. So it really depends for us on the market. Some markets are not as outrageous as others, of course. However, some markets, it's just, I mean, the price is just insane for just getting potentially one lead in. And then you're paying hundreds of dollars sometimes for that. So what we've mm-hmm. done is our director of marketing and our CEO um, have really looked at trying to find alternatives. And one of those things is direct mail. With direct mail, you have to be oh, very, yeah. very custom. I mean, like old mm-hmm. school, but something very, custom, <laughs> very personalized material yeah. that mm-hmm. has that same offer on it. But you have to keep up with those kind of things. So you can't just do one like drop of a bunch of postcards and then hope that they all come, you know, you have to Mm -hmm. do it once a quarter, maybe do that. Plus your digital, it all has to come layered in. That's kind of where we've started to see that we're actually getting more results from there. And then, like I said, that community outreach, finding partners that are with our same clientele. So your local healthy food store, your athleisure stores, partnering with them to reach the common customer that you both have.
1: Do they see that as, yeah, we're both trying to reach the same customer. There's this is kind of value add to them. Or are you having to kind of convince them that, yeah, you should let me set up in your store? No,
0: typically, our customer is their customer and they yeah. understand that. And so for mm-hmm. them, it's a way to get either the Body Bar customer to come to them or, mm-hmm. you know, the Athleta customer to come over to Body Bar. It's very mutual. And most places love that.
1: Well, then on the referral side of things, the word of mouth, when you get some happy customers who are seeing the benefits of it, they're telling their friends and family. How are you incentivizing them to bring in new members?
0: Your people who just are diehards, body bar clients typically don't need any kind of incentive, but sure. maybe someone who first started coming, but we usually offer is maybe we sell retail at our studio. So we might give a retail credit for a referral. We do maybe. in our marketing calendar, we have specific times of year that we push even harder for those referrals. So instead of maybe $25 to use in what we call the boutique area of our studio, this time you're getting double that. So you get $50 mm-hmm. to use, or mm-hmm. you might, you get $25 to use to shop and the person that you sign up, maybe gets their enrollment fee waived. Mm-hmm. So there's incentive on both ends. Sure. It's really interesting because a lot of our clients, a lot of times they'll say, oh, you can give my credit to someone else. I'm just glad my friend came, you know, and it's great when you can build that kind of community where people are. Of
1: course, that's amazing. I mean, that tells you a lot right there about what they think about the product and the service that they're getting that they're like, yeah, I don't don't even need this. I love this so much.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
1: You cannot buy that. Literally.
0: No, no. During the shutdown in Texas, the only locations that were open for Body Bar during 2020, when we were actually shut completely down, we did what a lot of fitness studios did. And we offered online classes. It's not the same because our workout is really based around our equipment, but we did offer, okay, for however many months that were shut down, if you wow. continue to pay your monthly dues, then when we reopen, we'll comp however many months you want, whenever you want throughout the year. So say if you paid three months, which was a lot of, depending on what time their membership was due, Fort Worth was closed for about two and a half months. So if you paid three invoices for times that you weren't able to come, then you have three months throughout the whole next year to find like, hey, I'm going to be on vacation for half of this month. So can I zero out comp that month? And we kept over 75% of our members continuing to pay their monthly dues while we were shut down. And then also, once we reopened, I can think of two members that ever actually used that credit. So many of them were just so happy. It's a membership-based business. It's a lot of people that they were not hit financially very hard by the Mm -hmm. shutdown because they could work from home. So for them, they were just so excited for their body bar to open back up. But that was a huge thing that really helped us during that time before we started getting some of the extra assistance for small businesses through the government.
1: I've heard similar stories from some other fitness brands that I talked to who were like, our members kept paying us because they wanted to know that we were going to still be there, still be around when this thing opened up because... I think I heard the statistic. It was like, was it more than a third of all the the fitness clubs around the country closed down permanently during the pandemic and never opened back up? That's tremendous.
0: You know, it was just such a blessing to have those kind of members that would keep doing that. So.
1: Absolutely. Let's talk about the recurring revenue membership model for a second. The fitness industry is kind of one of those original subscription verticals, like magazines and AAA and things like that, that have just kind of been around for decades. But Where a lot of subscription models get a bad rap is when people don't use it or some brands make it hard to cancel, got to come in and, you know, it's the high pressure sales and high pressure cancel and all of that. I mean, what's your philosophy to combat that and continue to drive value and engagement from your members?
0: Right. Because with Reformer Pilates, we can't have a class of 50 people. Mm -hmm. We're very selective. So our membership dues are for the most part, depending on what part of the United States you're in and what your rent rate is, we have different tiered of pricing. But you're paying around $200 for an unlimited membership. So most people are not going to just let that go for months and never attend. So <laughs> we have on the franchising level, one of our employees has built a tremendous, just like a wonderful retention plan that our managers are to carry out. So basically, you're doing things to get your new members coming to class And get them to know other people in class because we figured out really quickly if your members have a loyalty, whether it's to you, to the studio, to the other people that they come to class with every single week, they're not going to cancel. They keep going whether just to see their people. So Uh we have a whole retention plan so that as long as you follow that, those members should have touch points along the way to encourage them to keep coming to class. So just making sure, unlike some fitness, maybe like box gyms where they may not always care if you're coming and using it because it's $9 a month and you're probably going to let that keep running. We want people to use our memberships and we want them to come and that's how they build that community that keeps paying you if something extreme was to happen. And then as far as cancels, if you're canceling because you're moving, something like that, that's just understandable. But if we're doing our job and we're doing providing the service that we feel like we should be giving to you, then you should never want to cancel unless something crazy happens. And so we never make it hard for people to cancel. If that's where they're at, then they just fill out an online form. We have a link that they send it. They fill out why so that we can get better if it was something that we weren't providing for them. And then Mm -hmm. we take that feedback and move on. We do have a 30-day written notice to cancel. That's pretty normal for fitness.
1: Well, you mentioned $200 a month for Unlimited. Do you guys have other tiers or plans?
0: Yeah, so we have eight classes a month so that people can come in and say they just want to come two days a week and they also run or they lift weights or whatever the case may be. And then we have some smaller packages too that some studios opt into, but it just really depends with really with Pilates. If you're not coming two times a week, you're not gonna get the benefits from it. So we really try to be prescriptive on our memberships. Back, you know, when I just had our one location, we played with different membership offerings all the time. Maybe we should offer this and maybe we should offer this. And then eventually we had a whole page full of memberships and that just got really confusing. And we learned real fast that you only really need to have three different membership options. And depending on, sometimes we have those little back pocket offers that we allow our studios to have if somebody is about to walk out the door. We really try to stick to very unlimited eight classes a month. And then we sometimes have a smaller package that will offer seasonality, depending on that.
1: When you do have the customer that's maybe not engaged, or maybe they are, and they are looking to cancel for not moving reasons or something like that. What sort of retention efforts do you guys have in place?
0: You know, of course, we try to train our studio managers to save that cancellation if they can't save it in our CRM, we can add task to ourselves a week from now, a month from now, whenever it is. And we teach them to, hey, reach back out to that member and try to see that ex-member and see, mm-hmm. hey, maybe some change. Sometimes it's financial. They need to mm-hmm. stop because financially they lost their job and they're cutting expenses. So maybe in a month, checking back in and just saying, hey, we miss you. We miss you seeing you. Yeah. you know, let us know. It doesn't need right. to be a sell, it needs to be more caring about the people first over everything else. And that, I think that does make an impact on people.
1: And you wouldn't even have the opportunity to do that, really, if you hadn't treated them right when they were wanting to cancel exactly. in the first place, made it easy for them, don't make it a high pressure situation. It's like it, that almost that exit experience is as important as the onboarding one, maybe more important if you ever hope to win them back.
0: Exactly.
1: What about the, the franchise model? works well for you guys. I mean, you could go out and just continue to open these locations on your own, right? And get some investors and maybe take that approach. Why do you think the franchise model makes sense?
0: Because I really do think, honestly, we did think about opening, hey, we could open five to 10 just in yeah. our market and mm-hmm. just this market. But I do think that there is, you know, something that's really important is having the owner, whether they're involved in the day to day or not, but they're hiring people that can be close to that location is really great. It just adds a level of the service that Body Bar wants to provide to their customers. We felt like individual owners could do that better than us trying to spread ourselves thin and doing that across the board. So Right now, when we are looking for franchise owners, they come out to what's called meet the team. And so they've already heard a lot about us, but they meet us. And during that time, they're you know trying to figure out if it's a right fit for them. But we're also trying to see if it's a right fit for our brand and making sure that these owners are going to continue to have the same values as what we have and make building community people first, giving the highest quality of workout, but customer service across the board. And while we're still an emerging brand, it's easier to do that. Eventually, we'll have investors come in that say, I want to buy all of Nevada. That'll be a new choice for us to have to think about at that point. But we just really felt like having those owners that even if they're not in their day to day, they're at least involved enough to a point that they're touching base with their studio managers. And we're continuing to really control that customer service and that quality across the board.
1: Have you experienced where that relationship doesn't work? Or maybe you've come across somebody who seemed interested, but wasn't the right type of person? Like, when doesn't that work?
0: I mean, we've had it where it just, sometimes they were more concerned about, well, do I have to do it your way? Do I have to do it like this? Okay. What if I want to sure. do things this way? And we're like, well, mm-hmm. this is a brand and that you're part of, so you have right. to skip it. Yeah. And sometimes it's just the questions that people ask. They're not really caring about the people, the community aspect being welcoming. And sometimes even if those people could hire a manager to run that location, we have to trust that they're going to hire the right type of person and they're not going to try to hire someone else that's just like them, or they just decide to run it themselves. And if we don't feel like they're welcoming and that they're open to our feedback, then that makes it a little bit harder for us to trust just with a new brand and wanting to make sure going forward that we continue that same quality.
1: Right. Especially at this stage. So then our most owner operators,
0: I would say in our brand right now, we really only have out of our open locations, probably a quarter of them are actually involved with the day to day. Some of the other ones, they all have managers, but Mm -hmm. some actually are there actually kind of sometimes working front desk shifts or just kind of (laughs) in class and doing stuff. We have one owner and their studio is so successful and her manager really runs the day in, day out, but Mm -hmm. she'll work front desk, she'll sell retail, she'll make sales calls. And that, I mean, it really does, I think, impact her business positively. But I would say the majority of our owners are semi-absentee, which means they are involved to a point So probably they're not having to necessarily cover shifts or do anything like that, but they do have to monitor their studio manager. They have to be on franchising calls with us. So training calls, and they have to know their numbers. That's a huge thing. Like how many members do you have? How is your class capacity so that they can then take that to their managers and make sure that things are being implemented correctly.
1: That's a good segue there. What are some of the key metrics that you guys are tracking that you're pushing down to Franchisors, like What are the things that you guys key in on?
0: Yeah. So we look a lot at our class capacity. So how full are the classes? Because if you okay. have a class that always has two people in it, then you probably need to cut the class. You're no longer mm-hmm. making with your instructor in your front desk. We look at revenue per member. So that's okay. more than just the revenue that they pay for their monthly invoice, or monthly membership fee, they're buying retail, we require special kind of socks that have grips on the bottom. So Mm -hmm. how often are you selling all of these things? Of course, you're looking at your revenue numbers all the time. But we're also looking at how much of your revenue, your monthly revenue is just purely membership revenue. And how much is it your other sales as far as your retail, Mm -hmm. late camp, no show fees, those sort of things, privates, So helping our owners really drive revenue in both ways so that, yes, you want to sell a ton of memberships, but you also need to be selling retail. You also need to be selling this. So those are the main ones that we really look at. And then, of course, our attrition rate. So how often are members canceling? And Mm -hmm. from us, from a franchising point of view, we have one of our employees works really closely with all of our open studios, and she tracks all this data, then that way she can best support those studios where they need it. So if one studio is having just a ton of cancellations every single month, she knows like, okay, what do we need to look at? Is it the customer service? Is it not getting people into class? Is it yeah. the class quality? Mm-hmm. So there's a certain way that we can support them better after we look at those numbers and look at those KPIs. The ones that are, had a ton of members and they're never canceling, but they're not selling any retail. Okay, how can we support you on that side? Right.
1: What do you see in typical life of a customer? I mean, do they generally stick around like six months? Do you see them going several years? Like where does it end up averaging out?
0: I think the average is around I want to say 15 months, but it's really hard for okay. me to cross the whole system because we have so many locations that have just opened. With it, right. we had <laughs> locations that just opened, so so it's hard for us to give a strong number for that. But you know, we do see out of our cancellations, we see that those are typically are lasting for five months, and so we just rolled out some more retention stuff to say, okay, so how can we catch that customer from instead of canceling at five months, they're canceling at 15, you know, and they're on that farther end. It's a little bit tricky with, as we keep opening studios, things keep changing.
1: But with that lifetime value, if you're just talking about the 15 months, $200 a month, three grand lifetime value of a customer, it is worth some pretty aggressive marketing efforts to try to capture those customers on the front end, right?
0: Absolutely. And it's, you know, of course, a lot of times those people that come for 15 months, those are more the customers that they just happen to move or there's a a big life circumstance that happens because typically, you know, once you've been going somewhere for so long, it's rare that you decide to just up and stop.
1: And those probably are your happiest customers, right? The ones that are probably bringing in the referrals, you know, bringing tagging on friends and things like that. You touched on a little bit. So growth is obviously very important for you guys talking about a whole bunch of locations in the next coming year. I mean, what else is up for you guys? Obviously putting a lot into the brand and focusing on these locations, but what else are you doing to help build it out and even grow the locations that currently are out there?
0: I mean, we are always trying to be strategic in not only our different promotions and our marketing calendar that we provide for our franchise locations, but also with the economies kind of a little bit right now. A little up and down thing, prices are all over the place. So, how can we make sure that those people that don't want to commit to a three month commitment for a contract Mm -hmm. offering something else? So, for the longest time, we just basically had our three month commitment for our membership, and then they could cancel within 30 days, bringing back a month to month for those people that are a little bit nervous about what's going to happen and you know, a month from now, and then just trying to always. Think of different things that we can do to bring new customers in, but then to retain them. And then as a brand, how can we use the brand recognition and brand marketing to help not only open new locations, but also help with current locations? So one of the things for us, since we are class-based, we have instructors and they have to go through specific training. Um, You can't just grab a random person off the street and just let them teach a class. So when we're looking at using some of our marketing dollars directly in cities where we're either about to open a location or we already have locations open of just instructor recruitment, you know, how can we get people talking? So instead of just running ads for, hey, come be a Body Bar member, how do you want to be part of this Body Bar family being an instructor and all the benefits of that? So trying to just use our marketing dollars and the best way to kind of help on both sides, to your point, the growth of the brand, but then also to help with our open locations.
1: I mean, got to support not only the new stores coming online, but the existing ones as well, right? Exactly. Well, Camille, this has been a lot of fun and it was great hearing about how you built this brand and your plans for the future. If any of the listeners have maybe some questions about what we talked about today or want to learn more about Body Bar, where can they go?
0: Of course, our website is bodybarpilates.com, so they can always look there. People are honestly welcome to reach out to me directly. My email is Camille, K-A-M-I-L-L-E at bodybarpilates.com. Or in the world of fitness, Instagram is a big thing. So if they want to find me, Camille McCollum on Instagram. Uh But it's been a fun ride. And I think the more that we get to grow this brand, it's just been so exciting. And it's great to just touch different lives from the owners all the way down to instructors that I meet when I go out to openings and It's just, it's fun to meet great people.
1: Absolutely. It's clear you have a passion for the business and growing it and making it successful. I think that definitely comes through, but thanks again for coming on the show today and sharing all of your experiences and insights and best of luck to you guys in the future.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: All right. Thanks so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Subscription Scale, sponsored by Rebar Technology. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast and share this episode with your network.